Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast, my friends. It's Joey, it's Paul, and it's Dylan. How are you guys? Hello. Very well, thank you. <laughs> Welcome back, Dills. We haven't, uh, last time we spoke to you was, I don't know, you are talking about starting your journey here at JB's. Uh, and then we did Fight Night. Ah, we did, of course, the Fight Why Night not? recap. Yes. And look at you now, you're my boss. Yeah. <laughs> Back to work. <laughs> um, guys, thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who does support the show. We don't say it enough. And um, yeah, it's, it's great. People text quite regularly saying that they listened to an episode and got a lot of value from it, send through little things on Instagram, and it means the world to us. Um, so thank you guys for listening. We hope that we continue to entertain and, uh, you know, mix in a little bit of education with that. Um, shout out to Panavore. We're drinking their coffee today. Love those guys. Get yourself down to Trees Cafe. It's at Pagewood. Um, Trees, the guy who runs it, he's an absolute beast. Hit him up. Also the nicest guy in the gym. <laughs> I wanted to do just a little recap before we dive into today's topic on our coaches intensive, which was over the weekend. Um, Paulie and Dills, you guys both had a part in that. I was facilitating the thing. We had 15 humans here at the gym, some coaches, some kind of interested in being coaches, some definitely aspiring to coach, mm-hmm. um, and some very experienced. We had a couple of gym owners, Fee and Matt from The Real Body Movement up in uh, Gympie, Queensland. Legends. Legends, eh? Very cool people. They brought three of their coaches, which is amazing. They had like, there was five of them all together. They flew down from Queensland for it. So hungry. So hungry. And they're like, yeah, they're mad. We had dinner. They had dinner at our place on Saturday night. It was nice to catch up. Yeah, really Really? cool. Yeah. Wow. Because I spent a bit of time with those guys uh, at the retreat, the one that Dills was at. Yep. So I forgot, but Dills, you know them as well. Yeah. Yeah. We actually met um, when I just sort of joined the gym. I hadn't even been at Jungle Brothers for a year. Um, And I went on the retreat to Bali with you. It's actually that retreat where I decided that I was going to do the PT thing. So... Yeah, they were real blown away and they found it super interesting that the last time they saw me, I was talking about starting doing the thing and now I'm freaking managing the gym. They're like, holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot of, uh, Very a lot of change in a short time. Dude, 100%. Speedy ascendance to the top. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Only way I do it. Light speed. <laughs> Turbo Dylan. But yeah, so it was really cool to have those guys down and yeah, they obviously they were really interested to pick your brain about how, what that journey's been like for you. Um, I, I love I love that shit. It was a mad event. I was really cooked this week after it, but it was it was awesome. And it met some really cool people, people that are interested in the alliance piece, people that want to get closer to what we're doing, um, and just be around us. Which really, that's like you can't ask for much more than that. Totally, that's it was sick. a g- great great mix of people. And I played a very small part. I was pretty much just an attendee for that day. Um, but it was so good to be in that space again and see people from outside of these walls. You can get stuck in these walls and, um, you know, just go through periods where you're not really interacting with other gym owners, other people, other movers, et cetera. And just to, just to be around them for that brief time inspired me to, you know, I, I need to do more of that. You just see on how, a regular basis. how hungry they are too, right? Like um, mm. I did a little sales prezzo for them and talked a bit about sales. Um, and just the interaction from them, you're not like talking to this audience who isn't responsive. You're giving them this little bit of information and then you're getting all these questions back and that that's awesome. You can tell that there's real value and real hunger there when someone responds to something that you're giving them, which was awesome. Yeah, it's nice to get some questions, isn't it, yeah. when you're presenting something? Yeah, very much so. We also had um, Azza. He presented on, his, on, on building a premium PT business. And then we had Lockie who presented on programming on the Sunday. Um, both were excellent, brought so much value to the whole thing. Um, it was really interesting. Lockie got no questions. Oh, really? His, his presentation was extremely <laughs> so thorough. Yeah, <laughs> extremely comprehensive. <laughs> and he's like, any questions? And like, I'm sitting at the front, so I'd turn around and I'd be like, come on, guys. Like, and I'm looking around and everyone's like, no, good. You covered right. everything. Oh, okay. And then like he'd, he'd present a new thing and he'd be like, so does anyone have any questions about that? And I'd be like, please, guys, someone fucking ask that. And they'd be like, no, nope, no, nope. oh, good. And I think, like on reflection, he was very thorough, um, but also it was probably of of all the skill sets, programming for a lot of these guys was probably one of the ones that they felt the least qualified to ask questions about. Even though at an event like that, you're like, guys, ask any fucking question that comes to mind. Like, mm, mm. there's no expectations, there's no stupid questions. Well, there are always stupid <laughs> questions, but. <laughs> But like, but I think that it was like, oh, holy shit. Like, cause he was spitting out, he, he really simplified the programming thing. But even still, 
when you get into that, you just dip your toes into sports science. I think people feel like maybe underqualified to, you know, to riff there. So they're just absorbing it, taking it all in. Mm. Yeah. How was Lucky? Because I, I need to give him a buzz. I want to know how he went um, at his, uh, the what was it? Uh, the permaculture. permaculture thing that he did. That he was loved a, it. Yeah? Yeah, I spoke to him a little bit the weekend before he came down and he said it was the best week of his life. So It was a week intensive hage. Yeah. I think it was two weeks. That's yeah. I thought it was two. I think yeah. it is two. Yeah. Yeah. And it was at that at Jeff Lorden's place. Yes. Yep. Tiora's. I've got to have a chat with him. I'm going to give him a buzz. He would very much love to do it again, so... That'll be cool. That's he's, big. He's back in Newcastle, hey? Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. Came down for the day. Or maybe he was here for the night, whatever. Coming after you, Lucky. <laughs> um, today we're talking about struggles that young PTs face. And this is really relevant because, I mean, what well, we're all personal trainers. Like every coach in this gym essentially is a personal trainer, maybe except with the exception of one or two. Uh, but Dills, you're earlier on in the timeline. Yep. Um, I haven't even been PTing officially for a year yet. I've been coaching for a little bit longer than that, but personal training uh, under a year. So yeah, real right, fresh. Right on. And Paulie, you've been doing it for much longer, but you have also, you're dialing it up now as well, aren't you, in terms of how much you're doing? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, when I look around at my peers, like I haven't been doing it that long. Yeah, but you always say that. And you <laughs> will always say that. It's like three years. Man, three yeah. years is a whole fucking career these days. True. Yeah, true. <laughs> Longer than most 18 life. month career. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you've already like doubled, doubled the average lifetime of a PT. Yeah, yeah, that's right. For um, folks who don't know, the, the life expectancy uh, of the career for a personal trainer is extremely low. I think it might be uh, less than 12 months. And mm. it just speaks to, uh, it speaks to how easy it is to get into personal training, but how hard it is to do it at a point where it's sustainable and you, and it actually supports you and you can do a good enough job and all those things um, that it's something that you can continue with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm a veteran of the game now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm trying to always trying to improve it. Um, and you know, we've got the, the balance between um, running the gym and being um, a gym leader here um, versus the, the PT thing. So always trying to refine it and probably more now than ever this last, like Dills would agree, last couple of weeks since, um, you know, T moved up and you're not doing uh, as much work in the actual gym for botany gym business, we're having to refine it. So we're yeah. going through that process now. Yeah, yeah. got to make sure that all the ships are running as tight as possible. You can't have that leak in your PT business or in the gym business because otherwise the other one's going to suffer. So you really got to make sure that you're uh, honing it down, as Paul said. Or you'll, so or you'll be fasting for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just leaning Crushed up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> AKA can't afford to buy brekkie. Yeah. <laughs> What's, um, so what's happening there? What are you guys doing at the gym and with the PT thing? Um, I know a big thing for me and Paul was getting our schedules back under control. Um, time management. Time management has been essential to kicking it off. Um, if you don't know what you're doing at what part of the day, you're either over committing or you're double booking or something's going wrong along the way. So me and Paul both sat down. Uh, we've had a couple of chats where we've just gone over each other's calendars and really fine-tuned that and making sure that we've got an, an actionable plan, not only so that like someone is always available in the gym out of himself and I, but also that both our solo businesses are running as smoothly as they can be as well. Yeah, and, and um, yeah, building that schedule – and building it in such a way that it works for, for you. Um, yep. And in our case, uh, running the gym together, that takes up a big part of that schedule. So we're trying to make it work so we can give that enough space to do that well as well. Um, so, yeah, um, I think at some point, a, a few points like in, in your PT business, you, you'll always kind of do that, refine your schedule. And then over time, because mine was pretty good once upon a time, and then you, you end up taking an extra client here, then an old client wants to move an hour there. Then before you know it, um, what was once an orderly schedule has turned into a bit of a matrix. And well, there's, like, that, um, there's that thing when you're fresh, right? Like you don't want to say no to anyone. You want to take as much work as you can get, right? Because you want to have that income coming in. You've just, maybe you've made a career change. I know that was where I was coming across from. I've stepped away from uh, an income and I've got to fill that space. So 
every offer that's coming through, whether it's someone that I necessarily think I want to work with or if it's just a, a time I want to work, I'm saying yes to everything. And you, before you realise what's going on, it's like, oh, well, I'm coaching both ends of the day now. I'm here 5 a.m. in the morning and then 7 p.m. at night. Like, what's going on? What's happened to my schedule? And I've been taking all sorts of deals saying yes. And now my average <laughs> hourly rate is like... Yeah, 70 30, bucks now. I'll, I'll do that. Oh, yeah. 20 bucks, yeah. yeah we should sure. do a session for a 15 kilo bag of peanuts. That's <laughs> 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 I can eat that peanuts. for a week. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> How much pro is in those peanuts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the... And, and I mean, the the transition with the, the <clears throat> staffing of the gym, which is T and I, you know, no longer being employees mm. of it, um, that has obviously put a whole bunch of work on your guys' plate. So as soon as that happens, your schedule gets fucked. Like, you know, right? Because you had a nice balance and whatever. Yeah, you, I, I get what you, you were saying a moment ago. Like you start to, um, if you don't uphold your standards of when you will book people in, mm. uh, that's a thing. But also when it's like, oh, here's another like six hours of admin stuff you got to do each week, yep. 10 hours or whatever. Yes. Yep all of a sudden you, you have to do that stuff, which means naturally the schedule gets, like, you know, gets mutilated. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, scheduling before I got into the PT game, I don't know what it was like for you, Dylan, um, being, uh, doing sales before, but I, I never lived by a calendar. I lived by a call sheet, like, you know, on film sets and stuff, but the calendar thing was really foreign to me. Um, and then coming into that, it took some time to get used to that and then getting in, and eventually coming to, to use Google Calendar as my main platform and then living by that calendar and, and the hours and the blocks. And that can be a big transition for many people. Yep. Um, but it's, it's a tool. And in this business where we're kind of booked out by the hour, et cetera, um, you, you have to rely on that tool to organize your week because you've gone from working for someone to okay, you're running your own business now. How you get, Here's your whole week. How are you going to lay it out? And you've got to get your training in. You've got to admin stuff. You've got to do all the bits and pieces and make it flow. And that's, that's a fucking skill that takes time to like learn, you know, what works for you, how much time do you need, what process do you need to stay healthy as well as, you know, to be able to deliver your product well. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny when you look back at the film days because you didn't have to, you didn't have to work on your business really ever. No, you, you know you had to write some invoices. Maybe you decide to redesign your invoice template, <laughs> or you know, or like whatever. But but really, uh, it was like you go to work, yeah, and then you go home if you you know or whatever, and the job's done and that's it. Whereas with us now, it's like you go to you go to work, and we got different situations now, but it's still the same thing. You go to work, you work, like you're coaching mm. or doing PT or doing your admin, whatever. But then like when you, you either go home or it's where, there's all this work that has to be done. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you're like, well, I got to keep working on this stuff. And, and, yes. and that's, and we, we kind of break it up to like, when are you delivering your product? And then when are you like creating value for your business? Um, as kind of two separate things, but it's like that shit will just fill out your entire day. Yep. One, unless you... Yeah, uh, intentionally carve out time to sleep properly, hang out with your family, yes. catch up with your girlfriend. Like I'm talking to Dylan when I said girlfriend, <laughs> but, but you know, like fiance. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, my, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we have father-in-law in here today. Yeah, yeah. He was helping us out a little bit. Augustine. Augustine. He's the best. He's, He's so cool. He actually looks like to me. He looks like if you were to say, "I want like a Portuguese." handyman character inserted <laughs> into the Simpsons or family guy. That's what he would look like. He's, <laughs> He's um, got the, I don't know what it is. You guys, are, um, smile you guys are seeing him all smiles, right? Um, <laughs> most of the time he is like that. But the first time I met him, he looked more like Vladimir Putin than he did. Smiling, <laughs> Not impressed. Just, mm, this stern European man staring down at me. Like who's this kid that my <laughs> daughter's brought home? Like, nah. Yeah. Very interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's like, it, it's nonstop, right? The amount of work you got to do. Yeah. And I think like for us talking about personal training, um, maybe give us, give us a bit of context about how it works for you guys, because for a lot of PTs out there, they are just showing up to a gym and plying their trade. Mm -hmm. They go in to do 10 PT sessions and then leave. But then you've got gym owners who are running a gym, building a community and also doing some PT and then you got, you got everything in between. 
So what are you guys doing? What are the work obligations? Um, so I think this is pretty interesting because I think between the three of us, we'd probably have three different stories because I know, Joe, you did the whole working at a random gym for a while as well. And then Paulie's done it more as like coming into an established space. And then me, myself, I came through a transitional period. So I, I think I've been pretty lucky compared to most people coming into a PT situation. Um, I was coming into an established space. So JB's was already operational. It already had um, members who trusted the coaches and everything as well. Um, and I had the privilege of being able to come away from my old job partial, partially, right? So there was a time period where I was coaching here and I was also still working my last job part-time, which allowed me to sort of fill the spaces a bit more leisurely. I didn't have to grind as hard as some people have to. Um, but when I decided to pull the trigger, it all got pretty serious pretty quick. Um, as in go clean. Go like, clean. I come 100% PT thing yep, now. 100% just JBs, right? I um, had to first of all finish my Cert 3 and 4 within a couple of weeks, right? Like I had to get it done um, so I could legally coach. So I had to get that done straight away um then from there i had to find clients to make up this income difference so i found myself losing half my income overnight and i'm like oh, well f fuck how do i cover the rest of this income so got pretty proactive um did a reach out got a couple of people that i knew within the gym space and hit them up and like i said i was lucky to already have a sort of client base here um, people who'd seen me training, people who knew what I was doing, people who I was friends with, uh, hit a couple of them up, started training with a few of them uh, and then did a little bit of advertising on Insta, that sort of stuff, had some people reach out um, and then slowly built up my clientele from there. But there was definitely that transitional period where um, I flicked that switch. I had to go full gun for a little while and really, really work towards building up that um, that weekly wage, right? But yeah, it's how, how much of your week. So like, you know, roughly how, what percentage of your week is spent doing personal training? Now it's a little less. Um, I've stepped out of a few PT roles to step into more of the, um, the gym manager role. Um, but at its peak, it was probably about 60%. Right. And then the other 40% was gym admin, gym admin and coaching like classes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what's it now? It's probably more 60, 40 the other way. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's done a switch. Cool. Paulo? Uh, the balance between the two? Yeah. Maybe 60-40. Yeah, right. 60 gym, like yeah, yep. gym management. Yes, yeah, yeah. I've I've always, because, you know, I'm one of the Jungle Brothers, I'm, I've always prioritised the gym over my PT business type of thing. Um, <clears throat> so, I and, and recently knowing that there was this transition, um, you know how it can be where um, you might, have a couple of people move away from training and then I, I just didn't replace those those sessions um so i just I've, i'm not operating at full capacity at the moment so yeah it's probably about 40 percent, 60 percent gym time at the i moment. mean your schedule's at full capacity yeah. but you're not Sorry. operating pt yes. at full capacity correct amundo <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, are, you do not have a fucking <laughs> no. inch no but um yeah yeah but we always knew that was going to happen and i like it it's a catalyst um yep. to one uh, as the roles of the, the, the gym managers to refine how we run the gym and then refine our pt business give it a big clean out have a look at the the times in, in which i want to you know what i want it to, how i want it to work for me and then um well what i've went gone through a process is kind of reverse calculating um, how much i need to make and how much ideally time would i spend coaching so then that's kind of informed what products I'm going to make inside of that. Um, so as an example for a, a listener, say I have 17 hours of time that I, I feel I want to coach, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and that's between 7 and 12, whatever that is, and I take some classes at 17 hours and I need to make whatever it is, $1,700, and I know that I need to make $100 per hour and it's kind of like... It, it started to inform how I'm making my new kind of offerings, um, which is great. Helps you with, with pricing and also helps you in negotiation and, and something as has been talking about a lot lately in our PT biz development with the coaches is knowing your numbers. So you have a baseline. So you know 
um, I know, well, I, I actually to eat, to, to have all of my things in order, I need to make this amount of money and for this hour and this slot, I, I, I cannot charge any less than this. Yes. Yeah. So that's my baseline I can confidently say to that person when I'm standing in front of them and negotiating, um, I'll bring the price down to this, but um, this is it. And, and, you know, if that doesn't work for them, unfortunately, um, you know, come back to me when you can. Yep. Do you still do that when they, you know, go, man, fuck. Mate, I can't go any. Mate, I fucking can't go any lower than that, mate. And you fucking, you know, you run your hands through your hair, and you're like, mate, fuck, three mate. kids at home, mate. <laughs> okay, I'll do it for you. I'll do it. I want to help you. Okay, mate. Yeah, let's I do see it. You, we'll I make see it you come work. to me. You yeah. come to me. Yeah. Um, I think another interesting point to bring up. I've got a few friends that are PTs as well, and Joe, you can probably speak a little bit more on this from when you started off in the industry, but. Something that I didn't have to go through that I'm very thankful for is the fact that on top of all those stresses, most of those guys have to pay rent to the gym that they're working on as well. And that's not something that's cheap either, right? So that's another expenditure you've got to take into account once you're, one, trying to cover this income that you've lost and then you've got a bill on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, on that, like, wish we had like live... Dial in, folks, um, <laughs> if you can help us with this this question. But um, I guess I'm largely guarded from the industry out there. But like, when you go into a Globo Gym Joe, um, and you become a PT there, um, you pay the rent. What type of support there is is there from the gym manager in the gym to for you to like build your business and get clients, etc. I think it depends very much on the gym. Yeah. And I know that uh, I've spoken to people who have worked in big gyms like Fitness First and had very kind of uh, been very supported through that phase by their PT manager, mm -hmm. um, which I, I believe is why, uh, you know, for many years, I think all Fitness First gyms had a PT manager. So their job was to make sure that all the PTs are building their businesses, they're happy, they're getting more education. And because, you know, that is obviously a revenue stream for the company. So it's like, well, if the PTs are doing well, they'll keep paying rent, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, I don't actually know how true this is, but someone told me that recently uh, Fitness First axed that all role. Of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just after COVID, right. I read about that. They lost all of them. They, yeah, they right. cut them. They said it's an unessential role and they got rid of it. So, you know, so then you can imagine that it will turn into a much more um, ruthless kind of marketplace and poorer quality product too, you yeah. imagine. You would, yeah, you would think so. A and then, and then it really rate. comes down to just who's, you know, whatever, who's managed to get good support or mentorship elsewhere and can go in and ply their trade there. But, but you know, yeah, you, you imagine like the young, the young PT that turns up at 51st, like, yeah, I want to get a job here. And they're like, great. As far as I know, they put you on like a sort of- On the uh, desk? Uh, yeah, like a probationary period. Mm -hmm. You do some admin work Clean for them. The floor. You don't have to pay rent. But yeah, you can do your PT thing. But if you're coming in like that and you've had no mentorship from other, you know, people in the industry who can tell you what's up and you've had, you've only really had the bare essential education, you're probably destined to fail because yeah. you're going up against a bunch of sharks who have been doing this thing for fucking decades and running these efficient machines mm. that, you know, and they're just good at talking to people. They're good at picking up leads. Confident. You're fucking young and insecure. How are you going to go up and talk to someone about how you can help them get, you know what I mean? Like the yeah, odds so are against you. I thought there, there must be support. I just wondered to what degree. And I thought, oh. Dude, and like, like, like Joey said, because I've got a mate who used to work at an Anytime Fitness and he had no support whatsoever. They put him in into a PT role and it's like, okay, you pay rent next week. This is your week to get established. He just got his cert for. A week later was paying rent and had a transitional period for a couple of weeks where he was losing more money than he was making. And he, he luckily did okay. And Thank managed, you very much. Yeah, managed to, to eventually make a profit, but it let, he's no longer a PT and doesn't want anything to do with fitness anymore. Wow. Right? That's, the, uh, that's the Anytime Fitness Sink or Swim support system <laughs> you know that one yep. yeah <laughs> well that was where i was working and clint hill was my pt manager yes uh who we've had on the podcast a couple of times good friend of the show um but he it was a small you know it was a pretty small gym and he was the only other pt there really and he's like yeah man come on and and he didn't you know he was officially the pt manager but he just you know we had chats and he was great you know whenever i needed him i could ask him things but after, I don't know, six months or something, he ended up moving on 
and then it was kind of just me. And we didn't really have a PT manager. Yep. And I, you know, I was like, I, my business was going okay, but I think all of the information I was getting was coming from T. Because yep. T had had heaps of experience. He was working up the road at Fitness mm. First mm. Um, in Darlinghurst. So, you know, same, it was a similar kind of thing. Like I didn't have, there wasn't really anyone around, but I knew people and that was, you know. I think that comes down to the fact that a lot of those gyms can be owned by anyone, right? So you've got this gym. Anyone who, fitness. Yeah, who, um, <laughs> maybe when they started off, it's like, yeah, this is this is the model we use. And maybe that starting model is good, right? But it's just some Joe Blow off the street who's bought this this thing and is just using it to make a profit. Might not have any interest in actual health or fitness, right? And then a couple of weeks, something like that happens. You get your Clint, who's this awesome PT that you secured at the beginning. He gets sick of this space that can only develop him so far. Goes on to his next spot and then no one's there to fill that role and then it just gets worse and worse over time and these new PTs come in and they don't have anyone to, to take care of them. Or they have to shell out more money for education yep. in that in yep. that business section or mentorship. And I guess that's why, because I, I say there's there's that, it's a big obvious hole that's been there for some time um, between your Cert 4 and breaking even as a PT. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's why there's so many PT mentorships or you've got these experienced PTs who take you under their wing and charge you 40% of whatever it is, yep. help you with your programming, et cetera. It's just that hole, right? Yeah. 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 It's a big hole. I actually did a presentation uh, on Monday night for PT Academy, yep. which they do a, a thing called industry insights. I don't know, once a month and they get someone who's in the industry quite, you know, it's been there for a while. Uh, on Monday it was me and I talked to their, like to their students and they asked me questions about, the thing that's you know dope. yeah and it was really cool it was and you know there cool. wasn't there wasn't a huge amount of people in the chat it was like less than 10 um but i was on fire who wants it come get it but the uh you know the big thing like they were like oh what are you know what are the what's your advice like to you know courses resources that you know someone who's graduated or graduated quotes yeah, yeah. What's, your <laughs> favorite quote? what's your favorite quote but i was like man like get <laughs> get five in tips to success get in with someone who can um who can show you what it's really like like get mentorship it doesn't mean you have to do an official mentorship but like find a gym that's doing awesome things and has great clo- great world-class coaches and then like just be around there. And then he sent them all the link to the next Jungle Brothers internship. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm actually meeting with one of the guys next week. He's coming down. Oh, dope. But it's like, um, but it's like, but that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's like, like what you had, where yeah. it's like, you just come into our business and we have a whole like host of amazing coaches and a fuckload of accumulated experience. And we can just dump it all on you and go, yeah. mate, this is going to be the fastest way for you to get from here to where you want to go. And you're like, Matt, I'll just do that. And it just... Like there's just no, there's like so little time wasted and it means you are, you're making money sooner, you're managing your time better, you're qualified sooner, like all those things. And there's no downside to the company either. Like I don't get why everyone doesn't do that. What's the downside? You're getting a better qualified employee who's going to bring a better income for your business and make it look more official, right? So why wouldn't you do it that way? Yeah, it takes a little bit more time for them to get established and off the ground and you might have to invest in them to support in them at the beginning, but you get it back tenfold. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it just depends what your, what you your know, business structure is. Yeah, what your revenue comes from. And they obviously are just like, you know what? We don't really give a fuck about the PT. Churn and much. Earn. Yeah, let's just get more members in with this awesome. Yeah, their um, margins are really tight there because they're trying to pay off the 50 $10,000 running machines that they have. Yep. Oh, yeah. Treadmills are expensive. Oh, yeah. Electricity. Maintenance on those bad boys. And the AC bill. <laughs> Bruh. Um, all right. So we've kind of touched on a couple of things there. So tell me like the time management piece, which yep. is which is kind of what, you, you know, scheduling, using your calendar, that kind of thing. Where are the typical pitfalls there? Um, lack of being prepared. Um this is a cheesy quote, but it's one of my favorites. It's um, not preparing, it's preparing to fail. If you don't have mm. a plan in place. No, it's failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Oh, okay. Well, that's, you know, kind of nice because you just <laughs> fail and prepare twice. Exactly, right, right. As you were. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so I do think it's a big thing. If you're not having a structure in place, you're not going to succeed. If you don't 
have a plan in place. Yeah, you can deviate from the plan on a weekly or daily basis, but if you don't go into your week having a structure, it's just not going to go anywhere. You're not going to get any development done because all these things are going to pop up and you're going to have nothing to be like, okay, by this time I need to have this done. It's just going to be like, oh, well, I'll just spend as long as I need on this task. Oh, I've missed three other tasks. So when you're saying like not being prepared, you're talking like not being prepared for the session, not being like not having programmed for the client. Yep. That, yeah. All of that, right? But not knowing what you're doing yeah. in the day yeah. and when you're doing it. Because yeah. if someone walks into the gym or someone calls you for a, the senior ad or whatever it is to inquire, but you know you end up talking to them for half an hour, but that's eaten into your other... That's just not knowing where you are in the day. Yeah, Just that feeling of being lost, like you, you, you really want to have and... and going to the tools that we use here it's you know it's your journal it's your diary whichever version you you use um there's lots of those journals out there which are laid out for people just like us you set your weekly goals and your weekly tasks and then you kind of um, break them up into your daily but yeah i think the pitfall is just not having those processes and structures in place yep throughout your week so you know where you are at any one time Tiara was a master at it. <laughs> um, I think he thrives being in the pit. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So he gets. He's like, oh, I'm not falling. I'm right at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly where I am. Yeah, yeah, I'm good down here. <laughs> yeah, oh. I've, fuck, I've seen that guy carry around a notebook a few times over the years. Never had anything written in it. It's just a book and a pen. It's just pictures. <laughs> it's just drawing scribbles. <laughs> Doodles. <laughs> but um, okay, so then, so the the big one is then calendar journal. Uh, process at the beginning of the day where you're looking at what you got on and yeah. like and f- and going okay cool this is what my bookings are today I can give you like a, a quick little rundown of how me and Paul have been doing it lately think that'll help right so um, we meet as an example we meet on Mondays first thing that we can um, we talk each other through our day so what have we got on what are our what what's our time look like through the day um, so we both know when we'll be available when we won't be um, now that's because we're trying to work as a, as a couple together to make sure the gym's thriving. But as an individual, that's a good thing to do as well. Just know what you've got on when. Um, we then talk each other through our main two daily focuses. So what's the two things that we're trying to achieve before anything else that day? And then our two weekly focuses. So what's the two things we want to complete by the end of the week? I like that. And that's, mo- that's very relevant to you guys operating the gym together because mm-hmm. it's like, you are collaborating on things and yep. you need to know where each other is at. Yeah. But for say the solo wolf PT out there would be that same kind of process, but them just doing it by themselves. Exactly right. Yeah. And you can do the, you know, often you're working early. So it best done it, over it a pays, latte at the local cafe. Yeah, but yeah, but it's also like uh, the, the night before works really well, like especially yep. on a Sunday. Cause if you start at six and you're PTing until freaking 11 o'clock, Half your day is gone. Half your day is gone. Then you come out of it and you're like, I am going to go hang out at the cafe for 90 you're minutes. Like, I need some food. I need some food and just some mental space. And then before you know it, it's it's 2.30, you haven't trained and your next client's coming in 45. Yep. Yeah. So the, the morning before or the, sorry, the night before often often helps mm-hmm. um, carving that time, making sure your diary is good for the week on the Sunday night and then um, checking in if, uh, whether it's at the lunchtime or – in the evening. I like that. Yep. Mm. Yeah, time management. No one told me shit about that when I started. <laughs> no. I was a fucking right. shocker. I was, man, I was worse than you for sure. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I had you making all those mistakes in front of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I but got lucky. Sales is well, my last job because it was management and it was very client heavy. Taught me good time management. I always had to run at a schedule. My morning every day was I sit down with my calendar for 15 minutes, make sure my day is all planned out. So, Made it a lot easier coming across to this role. Yeah, this guy's this guy's lifting my game, which is great to have him. <laughs> yeah, it's really good because I I know Old my Turbo per- Dylan out of the game. Turbo Dylan, fucking <laughs> hell, um, it's better than Dillbag. <laughs> oh, sorry, let's not bring that one back, hey? <laughs> Probably going to get a few comments on this hashtag Dillbag. Stop. <laughs> you fucking coined it, bruh. Yeah. Yeah, but I just say stupid little slangy things without <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah, it's better than the um, the anagram we got when we started. Don't. Yeah. If it's well, bad, don't well, say it. <laughs> don't, because then it's out there. I don't want to know. Actually, don't remember it. Don't remember it. It's the DP. Oh, for <laughs> us. 
<laughs> for me and you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Short handing. Yeah. We're, team to, we're, we're a team. Yep. You're like, you said, you <laughs> said that we were a couple. Yeah. When you were just talking before, yeah, we're working as a couple. <laughs> I was like, yeah. are we moving yeah. on to that now? Is that official? <laughs> I looked over for his eyes, but he, he didn't yeah, throw the bag out. The toes rubbed underneath. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the, the time management piece. Talk to me about um, talk to me about the financial management. Yeah, because here's the thing, as I see it, PT, and this is what we teach in our coaches intensive. We kind of frame it with this thing that like PT personal training is a very premium product. So you're charging someone anywhere between whatever you charge, seventy five dollars upwards of one hundred and fifty two hundred dollars an hour to train with you, uh, or to be coached by you, depending how you do it, and so. It's like it's there's obviously like say you're charging at the upper end of that 150 bucks an hour right there's not a lot of coaches that we know that are charging it that much but let's say you are like for someone who's at home thinking man 150 bucks an hour if i do five sessions a day that's like 750 bucks holy shit if i do that three times uh, you know five days a week i'll be a fucking millionaire in a few years right um the thing is it doesn't work like that like it's not like for as, as, yeah, as big as those numbers look, why is it then that so many PTs fail? And there are so many PTs who are still in the game, but they're not like driving benzos and shit. Like it's, it's you know, it's a job yep. and you're doing all right. But like most people in most jobs, they're, they're doing okay. They don't have a huge amount of excess cash, you know, but at least here in Sydney for the most part, it's like, yeah, I can, whatever. I can take a holiday once a year and, and that's about it. So- what is how how then like how do you manage the finances and how do you make sure that you are um, like not blowing it on that front and yep. just kind of burning through cash? I think a big thing, and as has been talking on this a lot, um, as Paulie mentioned in his biz development sessions, is knowing your what you need to make to survive. Right, like having a an income goal, but also knowing like this is the minimum I can make. How do I get to that minimum? I think a lot of people just We'll see exactly like you said, or oh, I'm earning a hundred bucks a session. I do 10 sessions. That's a thousand bucks. Okay. A thousand bucks. That sounds awesome. What about your rent? What about any equipment you need to buy for the session? If it's not in a gym space, what about the percentage you need to put away for tax? What about what you need to pay the tax person? What about all those little things? that Superannuation. Yep, exactly right. No one's paying you fucking super anymore. Do I want business insurance? Do I want income insurance do i want to take some time off in the year yeah, exactly all? right do i need to weeks? save yep. am i and, planning and, to get married and that's the thing right the bills keep coming yep ran internet phone yes. whatever while you're on holidays yeah so you have to be factoring that in because man three weeks of like not having any income yes you notice it so much as a pt don't you and then you fall down the um the claims trap it's like oh well, i can buy all this stuff because i can claim it on tax and then when you realize oh i'm only getting this small percentage back. Yeah, but Gymshark clothes are just so fucking <laughs> <laughs> Plus the government doesn't let you fucking claim anything. Anything, yeah. They're not pretty, like the film industry, boy. No, they're pretty gnarly. Paul and I come from a, an industry no, where you could fucking claim anything. Like oh. you could justify everything in the film industry. Oh. Movie tickets, shows out, taxi. Like because it's just, I don't know, it's just like Wild West. It was the, the job is so It varied. was the same in my last role, right? Because it's all client-based. So it's like, oh, I've got to take my Entertainment. Client. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you get an entertainment budget and it was like, oh, well, I'm going to play golf for the day. It's claimable because I'm doing it with a client or I'm going deep sea fishing. It's claimable because <laughs> it's with a client. Yeah. So I was like, I was deep sea fishing every other weekend, son. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so now, yeah, okay. So you don't really have a lot that you can claim as a PT. No. no. Besides maybe a pair of tracky, pa- tracky ducks each year and some barefoot shoes. Well, look, I think that- Not one, even tracky ducks. Yeah. Depending. Savage. <laughs> so yeah, but so the point you were making is that from that $1,000, theoretical, your 10 sessions at a hundred bucks an hour, um, you end up shelling out all this money, super tax, other expenses, and you're maybe left with 500 bucks. Half, yeah. Well, let's say, yeah, you've had to pay rent and whatever as well, maybe less, but yep. say it's 50, say it's 50% of that, it's $500 a week. I mean, you know, hopefully it, once you're in the game and if you are doing it full time, should be making, you should be able to do more than 10 sessions a week yep. and your rate should be up around a hundred bucks. Like that's pretty reasonable for someone who's, got a, you know, a few years in the game and doing a good job and working at a place where there's a pretty, uh, I don't know, like urban sort of pricing scale. Um, 
but still that that chunk of money gets whittled away quite quickly yes yes um when i think about when i did my cert four and i won't lie i was rushing through it to get it done because i was in transition town as well doing two jobs or being kind of foot in kind of both parties um I, w- I flew through the business part and they had a business plan because I think, you know, what people um, lack is a good, thorough, realistic business plan. And I remember looking at the one that they gave us and it was like, it was such a ball breaker. There were so many modules and uh, you've probably seen business plans. There's one on the government website, there's heaps online and they're so thorough and they're for like, they're for like businesses who turn over one to 15 million a year it's not really relevant to us um as peter and this one customer segment distribution channels like all this shit all this shit fuck is that i know and i was going through it and you know i'm a mature age student i can get through that and understand most of it and realize that a lot of it is not relevant i'd love to see um a a good business plan for for a pt a simplified version that people can understand because Right. Yeah. Have you heard of the Jungle Alliance? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> They're going to have one on Correct there. Correct, Amundo. Sick. That's what we want to see. Because it, it's what you say. It's like a, they need to know the realities of how the entire year plays out. As a fresh 20-year-old who's done, you know, just done his certs, you don't consider that four weeks on off in a year is probably not enough. You probably want to take you know, more. There's no pay for sick days. You lose clients. you got to save money for whatever you got to be planning for three years ahead because you can't do 25 hours of coaching 48 weeks a year you've got to like develop your business and start to go somewhere else and s- instead of exchanging the same amount of money for the same amount of time yeah like there's there's none I, I haven't seen something like that um that really lays it down and gives you that mid to long term plan you know what i mean yeah even like basic information like okay realistically you're putting a quarter of whatever you earn away from tax right like no one clearly says that it's just oh you want to put away this blah 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 it's just like no put away a quarter whatever you earn that goes into here yeah open a new bank account and do that call it tax 25 percent, and fucking 25 cents of every dollar goes there plus the fact that um the games how many fucking how many times we had this conversation with other coaches i've been like i just got hit with my tax bill and, and it's, and you know, and it happens to all of us, but you're like, why are we surprised by that? Yeah. We mm. fucking pay it all the time. Mm. Like we should be anticipating that shit. It should be kind of an expectation that you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta allocate money. Well, you've for this. got the money there, right? You don't, you don't think about it. It just gets taken out of the account and then it sits there. Mm. Plus the game's changing so much with um, operating costs, like um, equipment and, and marketing pretty much, you know, that, um, if you're like just trying to do a simple operating costs of your, your PT business, um, do you really know how much it costs on a weekly and monthly basis to put ads out or to do advertising or what advertising you even need to do? You know what I mean? That's another thing that like most um, cert threes and fours don't prepare you for at all, right? Because it's something new that they have no idea about yet is, okay, how are you advertising? What methods are you using? Is it paid advertising? Is it unpaid? How many hours a week, even if it's unpaid, are you putting into it to get it to a level where you've got a following, which is mm-hmm. still relevant to cost, right? Just because I'm not paying for an Instagram post doesn't mean that I'm not investing time in that post to make it a high quality. Maybe I'm editing. Maybe I'm taking the time to shoot a really good photo. It's still all cost. Yeah, that's a good point. And I guess, you know, yeah, for, for young PTs, like people who are young in the timeline, on the timeline, I don't think paid advertising is really a thing, sure. but but marketing definitely yep. is is always mm. a factor. It's like yep. how do you tell people about what you do? Mm. Yeah, we spend a huge part of the intensive going over that and trying to get people like to change the way they see social media and well, they um, they were, they're building that asset for themselves for when it is the right time. Aren't that's they? Yep. right, because mm. yeah, you get to that point where you're like, oh, okay, like I'm now full time. Um, I've made the transition. It's taken me 18 months, but here I am. And then you're like well, I guess I'll start building an Instagram account. <laughs> and it's like, man, you could have done that 18 months ago. Like, you know, well, you, you could have all ex- these people yeah. ready for you to go, hey guys, I'm now available, you know, and at least there's some an audience there to talk to. Yeah, and if you don't have content already there, what are you selling? Yeah. Right? Like, oh, hey, I do coaching, blah, 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 X amount of sessions a week. It's like, okay, what do you do? Like, I can't see anything about you. If you've, like Joe said, if you've established a brand, even if you're not planning to do it that way, like you're just 
taking photos of your own training to start with. That's at least giving people some sort of connection to what you're doing. So there's obviously a thing there in like just having some kind of um, just having uh, just being on top of your finances. So under like and really, I think like in terms of process, I don't know what suits you guys best, but for me, it means checking in on my uh, on my payments and my bank account every week. Yep. Once a week, looking at what's come in, looking at what's gone out, looking at my invoices. So, you know, and that's how I charge people. You can do it different ways. But what's been paid? Is anything overdue? Like just checking in with it. I remember when I started as a PT, I never looked at my bank account ever. And I don't even remember if I had a system around charging people. It was just like, I'll send you a text with how much you got to pay me and some bank account details. Yeah, something that I've noticed speaking more and more to people is less, not enough structure around getting paid right? Like they're so focused on getting the client that they almost see it as a secondary thing, which is really interesting, right? Because like the whole point of you taking on the clients is yes, you want to help this person, but how can you afford to help them if you can't feed yourself? Yes. I have never, I've never not been great at it in the past and I'm, I'm always working towards getting better at it. But um, yeah, something, you know, uh, T always pushed and, and, um, and as is as well, like uh, as you said, um, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a business and we need to be fed and, um, and you just, you deliver a better product and you're, a, you're, you're better at it when you're being paid for it. Yep. Simply. Yeah. You know, when you- As opposed to giving it away for free? <laughs> as opposed to like um, uh, not having your payment structures down, not knowing your numbers or your product that you're offering, being on the spot- and then agreeing to coach someone for a price that you didn't want to, it's not quite at the time that you wanted to, and then when you're PTing that person, you're always just a little bit like, oh, this is a bit of a shit deal. Yeah. You don't, you're not, you don't feel like you're getting the value out of or getting paid enough, and it, and it just it happens whether you like it or not. If you make a bad deal and you're on the end of it, and it's fucking, you've committed to eight weeks, and it's just a, it's a grind. It's the same for the other person on the other end too, I feel, yeah, right? Because yeah. they're like, oh, this is cheap. I don't necessarily see as much value in it. Or two, you're, you weren't ready when you came to the sale part and they're like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing and it makes you look unprofessional. It's one of those things you've got to fine tune just to make sure that it runs smoothly. And we talked about this a little bit at the intensive. It's, it's that final piece that if it's not clean, it's going to be so jarring for any new clients that you've got coming through. You really need to have good systems in place to make that sale nice and seamless. So you touched on marketing and then that's the sales piece. It's like you've got to understand the basics of it yep. because it's what you're doing every time, isn't it? Every mm -hmm. time you talk to someone, every time you try and book in some sessions, every time you try and charge them, that's a sales process. Yeah. So to be like ignorant of that process is just to kind of shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. I was ignorant about that for a long time, I tell you. Dills, you mentioned when we are having a chat before, the imposter syndrome piece. Yeah. Um, so this is something I, um, I had to deal with myself and uh, I've spoke to a couple of the other younger coaches in JBs and I know they've had a similar issue. Um, and it's just not feeling like you're good enough for the role that you're in. Um, definitely when I first started coaching here, uh, I had expectations of what a coach was supposed to be. It's harder when you find yourself in an, in an environment where everyone's pushing to be as good as they can, the best in their roles. Um, and you could be doing great and you could be new to the role, but you just don't feel like you're doing the thing right, right? Like something feels like uh, I'm not as good as X, so I must be not doing this right. Or I'm in this role that someone else deserves more than me. Yeah, and I can only imagine if you're in a gym full of more senior coaches, which, you know, as a for a, a young PT, that's pretty much always where you're going to be for for the start for that period. Yeah. Um yeah, you're like looking around and like, ah oh, fuck, like you're on show, right? Yeah. 100%. You're doing your sessions, I'm doing my employees doing his, I can see what you're doing. Yeah. You can even hear what you're saying sometimes and it's like it's very easy if you get in your own head about that, I'm sure, to start sort of overanalyzing, especially coming from a point where I was a member here not long ago, right? So I've been training with these people that now I'm telling, hey, do this thing this way. Uh, it took a little bit warming up from their side, but mainly even if it, there wasn't any sort of like, oh, Dills doesn't know what he's doing from them. In my head, I was thinking, who am I to tell these guys what to do? Some of these people have been training here for longer than I have and I'm 
coming through and being like, oh, well, actually you need to try this and do this and then walking away like, did I do the right thing? Did I give the right cue? Have I screwed up anything? And just getting in your head about it. You go through any of that, Polly? So badly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so badly. I mean, dude, I, I rocked up into the gym um, and I had Tiora and Joe, you know, and that was it. It was just like, in, you know, two high-quality guys move fucking well. We're destroying this industry and building our new gym. They had all the material and all of the perspective that goes with that. And at a mature age, it was just like fresh out of – the film industry and, and did my certs. It was, yeah, it was tough, you know, it, for sure. And also when I came in, um, I hadn't been training at the gym full time. I was part time when I, you know, in between commercials and on the weekends on Saturdays. So I wasn't even a full time member at any stage. So I rock in and I got crickets with like all the OGs. <laughs> and, and not that they're doing it on purpose. It's just awkward space. Yep. Yeah, and and it definitely took like a few months to to get to a spot. That was coaching classes. Coaching classes, sorry. Yeah, yeah, coaching classes. Uh, more than a few months to you know to to feel good with them, and then you know furthermore, getting into it and feeling more confident about what I was saying and doing, and you know uh, looking to you guys and and chatting to you guys about it and getting the reassurance there that um, you know I I have heaps of value there, but you, you just it's just clouded. Um, at that time yeah it's really I find that 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 imposter syndrome thing is really it's a kind of double-edged sword because it's a if you're hanging around if your peers are operating at a high level then the I think it's a much more impactful yep kind of uh, negative feeling for mm. the person coming in because you're like oh fuck these people around me are so good at what they do mm. um, but that's also then obviously ignoring the fact that well, if you're around people who are at that level, then you are, your, your learning will be accelerated and you will soon be at that level too or on your way towards it. Whereas if you're in a place where everyone's at a low level, you might not feel like it's that far to travel, right? Yep. You might be like, oh, I'm fucking, I'm not really that bad in comparison. But you're not also probably not really going to get pushed to go anywhere. Yeah. Mm. I was talking to one of my clients today actually because I was talking about I'm coming on the podcast and mentioned a bit about imposter syndrome and and we were talking over, I can't remember what the term is called, but it's um, it's about the point like when you first start to learn about something, you go through that false confidence where it's like, oh yeah, I know everything, right? Like, Oh, I've heard go, of that. Yeah, you go you're, through the... the you're, yeah, consciously unconscious. Yeah, something like that, right? Like you, the, the pinnacle, they call it shit mountain, right? Because you're at the top where you feel like you know the most, but you know the least. And then as you learn more and you start to break into this subject, you're like... Oh, go back down again exactly. and you start to feel like an imposter again. Yep, you're like, oh, yeah, I actually don't understand as much scale. as I thought and you're still learning and then obviously you feel less good about yourself. Mm. But in retrospect, it's probably a good thing because it means that you're learning more and that you're actually pushing to learn more. Whereas if you always feel like you're the best at something and you've got nothing to learn, you're not going to strive to do better. Yeah, yeah. 100. Yeah, Totally. Yeah I, yeah, I know what you're talking about and I can't think of the terminology yeah. for it either. Yeah, I've Bugging seen it me. on a graph. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen I've read it somewhere. Instagram? Yeah. Instagram. Instagram probably, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think for me, the first time that I started to feel pretty secure in my role, and Paul, you can tell me if you had a similar circumstance here, was when we started to have new coaches come into the gym and I'm like, here's these guys who are fresher in the role than I am and they're already killing it, right? Like they look like, they're going through the same thing that I was. They're talking to me about having this same feeling. And I'm like, no, man, you're killing it. You're doing like so good in this for this amount of time. And then you take a second, you're like, oh, dude, I'm in the same boat. Like, yeah, of course, like from the outside in, it's easy to be like, no, this person's doing really well. But when you look at yourself, you're like, nah, it's just not the same thing. Yeah, the a hard one for me was when um, other coaches came in, really experienced coaches, that felt shitty. Because we were in a, uh, a a business collective of gym owners, you know, uh, back in the day. And when I started in the old gym before we came here, that was those days. And um, we'd have these guys coming over, hanging out with JB. Oh, I like to come and train. Come and train, like coming into my mornings. And I was just like coaching the deadlift. And we've got fucking, <laughs> who's the big fella from down south? Um, Tank. Uh, his brand's all orange. You went down there. Alan Romero. Romero Fitness. 
came in a couple of times. I think Romero he, Athletics. Romero Athletics. He came through? He came through maybe a couple of times and maybe <laughs> once he brought a couple of friends. Okay. <laughs> it was hilarious actually because he came in with his gym bag. God, he's thick. He's so <laughs> thick. He's so thick. And um, I know that he'd been teaching you some alternative cueing and positioning for the deadlift. My deadlift was very ordinary and well i could definitely do it but my understanding of it was not as it is now it was it was pretty basic um yeah and he came in and uh i we had deads and whatever it was but i remember just looking over and he was doing pretty much not what i said and doing it that way and yeah. i was just like and he had his guys and he was coaching his guys around in a little circle i was like i'm just gonna leave him over there <laughs> i'm just gonna leave Romero over there to do his thing <laughs> it was funny but yeah I, like when other coaches come in i i felt like it was probably at its peak yeah you know yeah. what i mean yeah oh yeah I, or, or when you were standing in the corner watching me that was the worst because <laughs> i always want to perform a, well for joey with a fucking clipboard and a pen i still oh, get dude. that sometimes when yeah. you're when you're running your little small group because i'm yeah, like dude. i know everyone's like because it's what we do right we yeah, all we yeah. all keep an eye out and we give each other feedback uh, and now it's good because it probably makes me perform a little bit better sometimes early in the morning um, but you still get that like, oh, here's my peer and he's staring at me. Come on, yeah. show, right? Now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, totally right. scrutinized. It's awesome. It's it like it's it's good in a way, right? Because it definitely makes you push to give that mm. little bit of extra effort, which is cool. Yeah, it's good to get a bit of that accountability. Yeah, and that's you know that's yeah something that that you guys do in the coaches, uh, like the coaches meet every Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, like yep. who's got feedback. Yes. So I was literally like, well, I was watching your class and I don't think you did this very well. Yeah. And we're talking about class coaching a bit in the last five minutes, but it also is the same for PT. Yep. Um, And we'll give feedback for whoever was coaching someone and had their hands in their pockets and their hoodie over, you know, or whatever it is. Sure. Yeah, as it called me out for snacking during a session, (laughs) (laughs) drinking a protein shake or eating a banana. Like, I don't think it looks very professional. I was like, all right, all right. So now I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's good development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, man, I never knew Alan came to uh, came to a couple of your classes. Yeah, like he came Dude. to the early ones. Wow, like, that like early morning. That would have been fucking it was like middle of winter. I'd be intimidated, dark. massive. Dude. Like that guy knows powerlifting oh. like, like it's nobody's business. You know? Yeah, and here I am, totally. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's a real thing. And I think um, Dills, did you mention that you, you get a bit of it too, like <clears> looking <throat> at social media, right? Yep. And you can be looking around at these other coaches and be like, so even if it's not in your gym, it's just in your realm and you're like, oh, fuck, whatever. I can't do a handstand like that or, you know. Yeah, you can get it. Like it's definitely bigger from the coach's aspect, right? Because you've got this, I'm getting paid for this factor. But even in your own like training, you're looking at this top 1% that's more accessible now because of social media. And it's like, these people can do all these things. Why can't I do these things? Yeah. Or this person has this awesome coaching offer that they do through this system or they've got all these integrated things and it's like, I don't have that yet. Yeah. And you just get that, oh, why don't I have that yet? Like what what, what haven't I done? What have I missed out on? But you've just started, so you shouldn't beat yourself up about it. Exactly. Like you're building your frameworks and yeah, but it's just human nature. Yeah, exactly. What, right. what is that? You That's see right. someone ahead of you or doing what you want to do and – I mean, a big part of it as well is like, um, well, for me, and um, it was something that we we worked on here at the gym, the coaches dev, or yeah, it was to do with um, um, just basically seeing that I I have value and and who are my actual people that I'm helping. Um, So when you're looking at high level people who do X, or whenever you're looking at your own training and you're doing, you know, it's not high level, but it's it's higher than the general population, then you realise... It's high level. It's yeah. high level, babe. Yeah. And then you realize that your actual client base, is your client base high level? Most of the time it's no. not. Yeah. So if you look at it that way, then you've actually got way more qualification. Um, yeah, you got it in surplus there to be able to help that person. So it was like seeing that, oh, shit, um, I'm not as qualified as Joe and T and as an experienced, but in relation to this person standing in front of me, I have so much to give to that person uh, and I just have to focus on me and, and kind of just push out everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and those more experienced coaches like Joe and T are fucking jaded and lazy. <laughs> you know, it's more of a celebrity session. That's why we kicked you're them out. You're not getting any value. It's just a hangout. <laughs> you get to hang out yeah. with me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, man, I don't know. Let's do some deadlifts. Whatever. <laughs> I think um, a really good piece to help me with that, um, and I got this when I was training with Marco quite regularly a little while ago, um, and I got into a stage where I was like trying to compare myself to this dude who's been doing this thing for way longer than me and is further mm. along on his journey. And it was, nah, don't compare yourself to Marco now. Compare yourself to you yesterday. If you're doing better than you were the day before or a week before, you're making growth. And that's all you need to think about. Just think about you as an individual and you're continually trying to achieve more than you were previously. That's all you need to do. And there's your first Instagram post, all you PTs out there, <laughs> oh, better yeah. than yesterday. Better than that's right. it. Just yeah. That's it. It's in the manual, <laughs> front, first post. Front double biceps pose, yes. shirt off, <laughs> hard flex, make sure that you got the sun and a bit of a it's side the, angle. Uh, so it's, it's the rich piano bigger by the day. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit bigger every day. Uh, it was bigger by the day, was that his thing? Yeah. Because there's the, the parody YouTube channel, my favorite one, Infinite Elge Intensity. He does on he does like a fitness fails every week or whatever, but he has a segment on there that is run by Rich Piana, <laughs> even though it's him pretending to be Rich Piana, and it's and it but it's it's called Smaller by the Day. Oh, there we go. And it's his CrossFit show because he rips bodybuilders and CrossFit, so he's like, it's my CrossFit show, motherfuckers. Smaller by the Day, and oh, that's in, in his Rich Piana voice. Okay, now I get the reference. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um, so a few takeaways there for folks. I think, um, I mean, really, the, like we touched on in the beginning, um, the, the three kind of areas we looked at there was finance, time management, and then just kind of dealing with a bit of the mindset around allowing yourself not to be the absolute best coach in the room, but understanding that that's part of the process. Um, but I really think that attaching yourself to an organization or a gym or a coach that is doing things the way you want to be doing it and learning from them how they do it and and not just learning how to teach deadlifts and pull-ups and stuff but how to run the business how they manage their time how do they take payments what systems are they using yep. and looking for ways to like to even optimize that shit like okay this is what they're doing could i do better maybe i can adopt some different technologies to make my life a bit easier but i think like not just getting comfortable with oh i got a handful of clients now i'm good I think um, it can really, it can be chalk and cheese, right? Yeah. Between like having a business that's just getting by versus having a PT business that is like on this growth trajectory and is is really taking you towards bigger heights like owning your own gym. I think if you can do the PT thing well and run that business well, that is the foundation of running a gym well. Cause, so true. Right, because it's sales, it's, it's marketing, it's customer relationships. It's just it's, on a bigger scale. Yeah, it's just like, okay, well, like slightly different areas of focus in each of those realms, but it's the same shit. It's the same thing, eh? Yeah. You get together with your PT clients for Christmas drink. Yeah. It's just, you got the gym Christmas party. Yeah, you follow up with them for the text. It's like keeping the community right. building. Yep. It's like, okay, sales. how do I do my programming? Yep. Do I write it in the fucking while I'm training them, am I writing the program into my iPhone mm. or do I have a dedicated time each month where I sit down and do some programming? Yep. Yep. Same shit for the gym, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's so universal, all those skill sets, which is why like we push that at our coaches intensive is like, look, you may not have aspirations to be a PT, but if you want to open your own gym someday, PT is the best place to start because yep. you don't have to pay huge amounts of rent each week. You can just start light and you can uh, you can build that foundation that will carry you into the future. I think um, a big thing that you just touched on too is the fact that the people I've found that have been most successful with keeping past that 12-month fail period are the people that keep reinvesting in education as well. It's not getting to a point and being like, okay, I've done my Cert 3 and 4. I've got a few PT clients. I'm just going to cruise here and try and earn some money. It's the like, okay... I'll do that and I'm also going to reinvest this percentage of what I'm earning into learning this next skill. And then from there, they learn that next skill. Maybe it's business coaching because they don't know too much about the business side of things. Maybe they're going and paying another coach to learn a bit more about deadlifts or maybe it's something completely unrelated like they're doing a marketing course or something like that. But the most successful people tend to be the ones that are investing in their education and trying to upskill. Put that in your business plan. Yep. Your business plan budget. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Sure. It's a necessary <clears throat> cost. 
And I think not to get, not to just get um, like zeroed in on more training qualifications. Yeah. Like training qualifications are important, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's not just that it's business stuff as well. So like try to do a bit of both. Yep. For sure. That's the part that most people who That's get into the, the main PT struggle. Game yeah. Are struggling with. They're oh, yeah, it's like, right. It's, be, it's yeah. not about getting your boxer size no. thing or the TRX. Yeah. Because they sell that shit, right, to young PTs. Like, oh, two days, you'll learn all the best TRX exercises to take your client results to the next level, whatever. And coach is like, yeah, I guess TRX sounds cool. It's like, well, maybe you should go and do like a bit of a marketing thing or learn how to sell. Yeah, especially because you know. realistically, all the coaches know how to train and they know what like a good format for training is, right? Because realistically, if you're interested in it, you've got an interest in it personally already. So you've got enough knowledge to start you off, especially if you've just done your certs. You would think so. Yeah, you'd hope so. <laughs> Not you'd hope all so. <laughs> <laughs> but the bit that most people struggle with is the bit that they've had no exposure to, which is that sales, which is that other stuff. So it's definitely more valuable as an education piece. Thanks for the chat today, gents. Good one. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Timely. Um, we got our next coaches intensive coming up. If you want to get the inside scoop on how Jungle Brothers does all of that stuff and how we teach that and really build your foundation for an epic PT business, which will be the foundation of an epic gym, if that's something that you one day want to do, um, get in touch. The next intensive will be, it's a weekend in August. I don't have the dates here off the top of my dome, but um, junglebrothers.com or uh, at Jungle Brothers Movement on Instagram. Um, yeah, that will all soon be Jungle Alliance, but we don't have a website just yet. So <laughs> that stuff will be coming. But thank you for listening. Thanks guys for coming on. Uh, if you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend. Helps to support the show. And uh, thank you, Panavore. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks, boys. See you. Thanks, Trick.